welcome to You Decide 2023, the race for Jacksonville mayor. This is a special edition of Jacksonville's Morning News on 104.5 WOKV. Live from the Farrah and Farrah Performance Studio, here's Rich Jones and April Davis. And welcome into the Farrah and Farrah Performance Studio. We are live at Cox Media Group here in Jacksonville. Rich Jones alongside my colleague and friend April Davis as we are focused like a laser on the upcoming Jacksonville mayoral race. It is a consequential race in the city. Early voting gets underway on March 6th, and our goal throughout the last uh, several days and into next week, April, is going to be a chance for voters who may be decided or may still be undecided or maybe just yesterday uh, got registered to vote in Duval County so that they have an opportunity to hear directly from each of the candidates who are running for this really important seat so they can best make their decision. A hundred percent, because we love, we wanted to set up this forum to have these one-on-one -on -one conversations and be able to let uh, folks like Frank Kiesler Jr., who is one of the candidates, to be able to speak to us and really give us his perspective more than maybe in a debate setting. So uh, we're really happy that uh, Mr. Kiesler can join us this morning. He's a Republican, running as a Republican for mayor. He's a Jacksonville native, lived here for a very long time, and he uh, was a practicing attorney. He has four children. Welcome. Thank you, April. It's great to be here, and what a pleasure to have the this time to truly have a minute, more than a minute, to tell people about Frank Kiesler and his vision for not only our city and how important it is, as you mentioned in the introduction, I think this is important for our nation. Frank, as we look at the race for Jacksonville mayor and as a lifelong Jacksonvillian, as you say on uh, Kiesler for mayor uh, on your website, uh, and knowing one and a half billion dollar budget in the city of Jacksonville, some of the crazy issues that we have in the city, the changes that we've seen, downtown development, neighborhood investment, neighborhood improvement. Why do you believe your position now to be the next leader to shape the next four plus years into Jacksonville? Well, first of all, for the last 40 years in this town, if not 50, if not 60, we've elected the mayor that is the party pick every time without exception and it's brought us right here if you look back at our city 40 years ago the mayoral candidates were may were campaigning on three issues lower taxes better schools safer streets 40 years later what are the three messages out there in everybody else's messaging campaigning websites better schools safer streets lower taxes our taxes are tripled, quadrupled since 40 years ago. It's doubled since uh, Lenny Curry took over. We've doubled our city budget in eight years. And it's more like 1.7 is our 1.6567 that our purely discretionary budget is. It's nearly $7.5 is what we spend in this city to run it. $7.5 And I'm the only candidate that you'll see on, the, on our, my website that is ideas, not slogans, not phrases. Here's how we change the future. That's why I believe I am the candidate to make a difference in the future for Jacksonville. And speaking of taxes and paying for things, how are we going to pay? I know you have said in the past, a thriving city has a thriving downtown. How do you expect to do that and pay for it? Well, the, in, these, in the last year, and of course, kind of compressed in the last four or five months, I've done survey after survey after survey, and without a doubt, every one of them is asked, what's the most important thing? And I have to qualify and say, after 50 years of running it badly, there's, it's hard to pick what's the worst, you know, who's the gimp in the herd? Because we've got a problem across the country. We're not unique in this. And so my plan is, I've kind of narrowed it down or said, well, without the money, all the ideas don't work. 
So my clear ordinance is probably the most important thing, the comprehensive local examination, audit, review, recommendation, and restructuring. We have not forensically audited our money and our processes since reconstruct, I mean, since uh, consolidation. And the, I have a gentleman on my team, spent 37 years with the city as a, pri as a professional engineer, environmental engineering, and has an MBA. I asked him, I said, when, when you joined the city in the mid-70s, they were still doing things they did before consolidation. He said, Frank, when I left after the, in the mid-2000s, into the first decade of the, this century, he said, we were still doing things with paper that we did before consolidation. So how do you unwind a one point, as you mentioned, one, nearly $1.7 billion budget? If you are successful in taking office in the summer, your first budget is due. Do you immediately make those changes? Is it a year-by-year year sort of a plan that ultimately scales back some of the spending? What is a most ideal budget for the city of Jacksonville as we've grown so much through the years? Well, it's hard to say what an ideal budget is until you get your head around it. And I will say I've spent the last six months studying our budget, and I have a gift for numbers. I'm a CPA. I took advanced courses in law school and taxation. I've got a master's of laws in taxation. You're not a a, a right, uh, uh, you know, a creative and right-minded, not right as in legitimate, but if you, if you have that kind of education, it took me better than a day to figure out our budget. And for example, in the 2022-23 budget, excuse me, 2021-22 budget, the mayor's office is a $10 million line item. Last year's budget that came out in the fall for the 2022-2023 year, the balance of 2022 and 2023, it's now down to his mayor's office budget is down to less than $5 million. But then there's another line item hidden in pages of our 500, 400-page budget where the mayor's office got a community development line item of $5.4 million. Our budget's the most compl complex and confusing format. So to answer your question, I've been studying this, and anything we do in a Keesler administration is not going to be disruptive. That's one thing that I cannot believe that we do so often. New politicians come in and they start, you know, chopping blocking, and they never really get it to completion. This is going to be an orderly transition to a new Jacksonville. And so now that we've kind of got through the budget question, it's complex, obviously. What development project, I was trying to get at this before with thriving downtown, as you put it, what development project would you prioritize with the budget? Um, I think that the, the Northwest Jacksonville issue of our city, I think compassionately, economically, societally, that we must deal with what we've neglected for 50 years. And I tell people as a kid, you know, Southeast Jacksonville from San Pablo Road to 95, south of Beach Boulevard. I grew up riding bicycles and motocross bikes through it. Nothing but pine trees, palmettas, and swamps and dairy farms. Today, it's megatropolis. And Northwest Jacksonville still, you know, floods when people flush their toilets. Their septic tanks back up when they have a summer storm that floods the water, you know, the, the groundwater gets so saturated. So I think that's one of my first really focal areas is to deal with, and even from a resiliency standpoint, forget the compassion of that's the section of town we've, we've neglected and we need to do something about. If you've seen recent, you know, modeling of what happens with high and, you know, 200-year, if you will, record floods, believe it or not, everything floods to the northwest. 
And so we need to deal with it both from a resiliency and from a societal issue. And is that something that you move around existing funds in the budget for? Is it new spending? And how long does it take to ultimately catch up with maybe the rest of the city in the Northwest Corridor? Um, it, you know, it's funny when early on somebody asked me a question about uh, affordable housing and how to make a quick, you know, and can we do rent control and everything? And I was like, even if you were for rent control, it'd take you seven to 10 years to get through the court system in a constitutional challenge to get it done. And any politician or anybody running for office that tells you tomorrow I'm gonna fix it is a liar. I mean, we've been told promises for, for decades and we still are being told the same promises without fulfillment. First day on the job we're gonna do, and if you look at all the watchdog groups in this nation in, in this state, Minimally, there's not one of them that will tell you that we don't waste 20% of our governmental budget in fraud, waste, cronyism, favoritism, et cetera. So that's the clear ordinance. I'm going to be like a blue tick hound dog, just, I mean, digging for the money that we're wasting. We don't need to raise taxes. We just need to quit wasting the people's money. We're visiting with Frank Kiesler Jr. in the Fair and Fairer Performance Studio. Our goal over the next several weeks, ahead of uh, early voting getting underway on March 6th, yes, you can uh, vote by mail and certainly you have the opportunity to do so, is to hear directly from the candidates on where they stand on some of the key issues that matter most in Northeast Florida before this pivotal race. And if no one candidate gets 50% of the vote in the March 21st uh, first election, then we head to a runoff, which would be on May 16th in April. We talk about neighborhoods, and Mr. Kiesler was talking about Northwest Jacksonville. That's not the only community that we've been asking about in these sessions in recent days. Yeah, we've been talking about, about different areas suffering with blight and also, you know, some of the big projects that have been talked about as far as the port and uh, downtown areas as well. Do you have any big projects that you think would bring in some younger folks, some folks that we need to come here to work and to have the city thrive? Yes. Um, I have, well, if you, I believe if we build the, the Center for Sustained Independence instead of HUD projects, and put people in town centers that are really, you know, campuses for life where they learn, they learn a trade, they learn a skill, they go to work in the afternoon, in essence, you know, on-the-job training. And the idea is that you leave this place qualified, capable to go out and sustain your own independence, you know, your own life. So that, I've come up with the Mars plan for our affordable housing, making affordable residents. And we call it the Mars plan because it's a little bit out of this world and, and you know, quite off the charts of anybody. And it's a JV environment where the city JVs with developers to develop contiguous land into Mars communities that then become either, you know, consumers for the development if it's a retail environment. Sorry about that. I have to talk with my hand, so I get the mic out of my hand. But the retail environment, or they become employees for the people, the big boxes that they're building there. But more importantly, they become an environment where if you're 55 and younger at, at a Mars, you can move in. But in five years, you have to move out. Never again will, will this, never will this administration be part of that, which we create, you know, public assistance that results in generational dependence on public assistance. We can't do that to people anymore. Will you focus on and review existing contracts, for example, with solid waste uh, collection? Uh, we saw the recycling fiasco oh. in the fall of last year. How early and how often should we be under those contracts? Should those fees be raised to catch up in some ways with the years that we didn't necessarily see the incremental increases, perhaps, in solid waste and uh, trash collection, Frank? Um, our waste uh, management, no disrespect for waste management, I think it's a great company, <laughs> uh, is a farce. I mean, for the last 
15, 20 years, recycling is shipping eight by eight or six by six cubes of compacted plastics and metals to Singapore or to Malaysia or to China. They have mountains of our recycled materials. So I've come up with the red, white, and blue. We recycle too, finally making, you know, recycling green. And the re I think it's actually the tagline, finally making trash green. And I've got a site picked out, a 60-acre site. I'd like to build the first ever, the first ever, um, you know, really complete turnaround of recyclable materials into usable materials. For example, there's a group in Tulane, a scientist in Tulane University, that's developed a, a science to take glass, which if you've noticed is one of the things we don't have an, an issue, a, a, a place for them, you know, or a back end, how do we recycle glass, turning it into sand. I've talked to some people at the PGA Tour about a glass to turf grass program where all the glass is recycled and the PGA Tour uses it to put it in their sand traps because it is literally that fine. You can put it on beaches, you can put it in playgrounds, you can put it in sandboxes at elementary schools. So we've got the technology. We just need to really work out the logistics and finally say we're going to change the way we bury our trash. We have a lot of ground to cover, and we're going to continue to do so in our Candidate Spotlight Series as we continue our conversation. Rich Jones along with April Davis and Jacksonville mayoral candidate Frank Kiesler Jr. We haven't even gotten into the issue of crime and public safety, the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office budget, the future of JEA, and other weighty issues facing Jacksonville. As you decide, 2023 continues from the Farrah and Farrah Performance Studio on 104.5 WOKV. Back to more of You Decide 2023, the race for Jacksonville mayor. Our special edition of Jacksonville's morning news continues on 104.5 WOKV. Let's return to the Farah and Farah Performance Studio. Here's Rich Jones and April Davis. And throughout this week and into next week as well, we're really getting to know on a personal and professional level each of the men and women who are running to secure vote, your vote for Jacksonville mayor in Duval County. The uh, actual uh, uh, registration deadline just passed yesterday, so if you didn't register, you've missed the opportunity for the upcoming March 21st election. March 6th is a key date in this election cycle because that's when early voting begins. So many voters take advantage of the early voting process April throughout Northeast Florida. And as we continue to visit with Frank Kiesler Jr., ideas that are available on both his campaign website and out in the public as well, but our opportunity to really get to know what makes Frank tick and what uh, brings the ideas to the table and uh, big weighty ideas as well. Yes, he has some big ideas for sure, and you'll want to check out his website. And, and what is your website? If it's people want Kiesler, to my last name, K-E-A-S-L-E-R, the number four, mayor.com. There you go. And so he does have some extensive policies that he's been thinking about, and it takes a little more time than even we have today to check that all out. But we want to move from infrastructure, development, um, budgeting. Uh, this is a little bit of a budget question as well. But crime, mm. obviously, is, is going to be a huge uh, thing to tackle as a mayor. And so we hear about gun crimes here often, and we hear about across the nation uh, police brutality. Do you think that the JSO is adequately funded? Would you make any changes? Um, the JSO and the Jacksonville Rescue Fire to Fire Rescue Department, our safety net, is adequately funded. It's just not adequately equipped and, and if you will, applicable to the 21st century. I heard our our current sheriff speak in the special election we had back in November, and we have we must as people stop addressing our societal issues from a symptom standpoint. What farmer continues to harvest, you know, a 
the tares amongst the wheat and doesn't change his seed. We've got to stop this uh, approach of everything is addressed by looking at the symptoms versus the cause. And so in looking at crime, my, my proposal is us creating the first ever college here in Jacksonville of Sentinel Science, Technology, Operations, and Procedures, and we create the first ever 21st century, a Sentinel net over our city, and we create the first ever 21st century officer. In doing so, we take the bullseye off the police officers, because who's ever said, you know, kill the firemen, or kill the firemen, or defund the firemen. We elevate the fire and rescue department up to standing and they've always been played second fiddle to law enforcement. Anybody that's going to be truthful with, in America would say the, the blue wall has always been the lead horse in, in, if you will, our first responder budgeting than the fire department or the rescue. And finally, we bring off the curb for the first time and much necessarily mental health. We create the first ever emergency mental health century. So in every car that we have out on our city streets, we have two people in it, a law enforcement specialist that's accompanied by somebody that's either a mental health specialist, an emergency medical health special, or a fire specialist. And they all have, each of them, one semester of the other three disciplines. And they decide, do I want to go on and get my degree in fire safety? So I take two additional years. If you're a fireman today, you, you clep. And we use that term from high school. You could clep those college courses, if you will. Experience would give you the, the credits that you needed to skip your first couple years, if you will, of basic training. Same thing. If you're a fireman, you skip that two extra years. And we lead the nation in creating a application, a website, not a website, but literally a, a, a command center with existing technologies. This is not creating the Jetsons in 1968, you know, that's futuristic. This is today. This plan just it, it congregates, assimilates the existing technologies we have, and we end up with better coverage for less premiums, happier first responders, more respected first responders, better compensated first responders, an example of the nation, this is how you do public safety. How many years does it take to ultimately get there? And another follow-up question to that is, while that's on the crime prevention, are there other intervention type programs that you can target as well in your first few months to begin to make an impact while it takes maybe years to bake that full plan out? Absolutely. And the first day, first month, I'm going to be in front of our educators. I think that the most important thing was it? And I just heard it recently. Oh, Frederick Douglass. He, he made the quote, it's, it's easier to build, to, to direct or, or guide boys or, or build young men than, than to repair old men. It's, it's, you know, we need to be building instead of repairing. And so I believe that starts in our, in our earliest education. And that's kind of my lifting heads program for the Duval County Public Schools, lifting the heads of our early elementary and, and uh, pre-K and elementary students to know they're created with a purpose, inspiring our middle schoolers to know they're created for a purpose, equipping our high schoolers to go out in a purpose. You know, it's going to take time. We didn't get here overnight. We won't get out overnight. And any politician that tells the people that I'm going to make changes overnight, again, if you people want to buy that lie again, if the American voters want to buy it, they can. 
to answer really succinctly your question, it's going to take at least two years to start seeing the needle, the needle move. And anybody that says otherwise is, you know, wishing for Peter Pan to drop out of the sky next. And ultimately, I just want to clarify, because I think this is such a huge issue in society today with mm -hmm. law enforcement, your uh, plan would be to eliminate the traditional police officer, correct? And, and create the 21st century. I'm 21st century fire specialist Frank Kiesler. Okay. You're and so me. they would be a fire uh, specialist, a mental law health specialist. specialist, mental health and emergency medical rescue. And medicine. so and they would each person would be trained in all of those areas. All of them would have have at least one semester in that college of each discipline. Gotcha. And so obviously the thought being that we the focus could be on mental health, de-escalation and not come guns blazing so to speak. First 5 minutes of any issue that public that the first responders must address. Everybody will tell you, from mental health, fire specialists, law enforcement. First five minutes determines whether it escalates and the fire burns the house down, escalates, somebody's going to jail or gets shot, or we denestitize, distill, or quell. We have a lot of big issues to continue to explore, and unfortunately the clock just continues to tick, right. and we run out of time. Again, if people have questions or want to learn more about Frank Kiesler, Jr., the candidate for Jacksonville mayor, where can they find more information about you, Frank? Again, uh, KieslerForMayor.com. You're welcome to send an email to info at KeeslerForMayor.com. We check it, you know, every minute something hits, and we will respond. We are uh, very transparent and accessible. Somebody asked me, what does transparency look like in your administration? And I said, the city belongs to the people, and every time you hear me speak, I'll say the same thing. We always wish that we can get to every single topic mm -hmm. and every single question. We just unfortunately can't, but we did want to provide you the opportunity to get to know the big picture on each of these candidates who are running to secure your vote as Jacksonville mayor. And again, March 6th is when early voting begins. Mr. Kiesler, we appreciate your time today. Frank uh, Kiesler, Jr., thank you. Thank you so much. It's and a pleasure. And thank you for being here in the Fair and Farrah Performance Studio. Thank you for your time and attention. Head to our voter guide at WOKV.com for other key moments that are coming up in this first round of elections in this election cycle and to learn more about the candidates who are working to secure your vote. For April Davis, I'm Rich Jones. Thank you and have a great morning.